Hi guys, welcome to the latest Film Ireland podcast. Today I'm here with Connor Armstrong Sanfi. Did I get it right? That's correct. That's correct, hey. Um, and he's here to talk to us today about his uh, independent feature film, Lift, which is screening towards the end of this month. I think it's 21st of June, is that right? 21st of June, yep. Perfect. Connor, why don't you start us off by actually just giving us the basic story or whatever you'd like people to know about Lift. Okay, uh, well, it starts in an office building. Um, the workers are going home. It's Friday evening. They're going home for the weekend. Frank, the security guard, gets attacked, viciously attacked, by a young man with a bat, uh, knocked to the ground. The young man, played by fake Kunz, makes a dash for the lift where the other workers are in it to escape. Frank knocks the power off to the lift, trapping them between floors, and falls unconscious before he can ring the police. So that is the setup, and then we have the six of them, these six people who don't know each other, all in a lift, and the banter that comes out. We also learn why the attack happened, and I, I don't want to say too much, and it goes from there. Perfect, and and so uh, yeah, it's kind of I, I guess yeah, the motivations revealed throughout. So you, you don't want to get too deep into that, but yeah, when you approach making this kind of film, like. Had you always thought of trying to do like a, a kind of a pot boiler in one particular location or was this something that came about based on kind of going, look, I realistically trying to make a low budget film. This, like, Which came first? Did you write it with the budget in mind or? I, a combination of the two. Uh, I had a bunch of ideas. I, I just in my idea notebook uh, and I had six people stuck in a lift and then myself and Keelan Ryan, who wrote the script, were just going through ideas. And originally we were going to go with a naked gun type cop film. And uh, one day he just said, do you have any other ideas? And I said, what about this six people stuck in a lift? And sure, you have to take budget into account. Uh, you know, it's a low budget indie with no funding. So you're not going to do a big James Bond explosion type film. But um, no, I, I liked the idea that trapped the six people trapped in a lift and the drama and the comedy of that. And was the script something that, well, obviously that was written by, uh, is it Keelan? Keelan Ryan. Keelan, yeah, yeah, who also stars in the film. Was that a script that came together quite easily or was it was was it a long process? Yeah, well, we started with the original concept, six people stuck in a lift. Keelan got extremely fired up about that. He loved the idea. Uh, he went home. He basically phoned me later that day saying he had the initial plot in mind. Uh, and then it was a question of just going through drafts, making sure it's not boring because if you have six people stuck in a cramped space it could verge on getting boring uh so putting enough in and no it wasn't too bad to write but it took about a year of course <laughs> and if keelan is credited as the sole writer in that so like w would you have been involved in that at all or does he go off and do his thing and then he just presents it to you at the end yeah yeah he would write a draft he'd send it to me i, I would make suggestions notes um uh one thing there's a teenage girl in the film and originally, she was a bitchy kind of character. And I just thought, it's kind of the obvious thing to do. Okay, you have a 12-year-old girl. She's going to be a bitch. It's kind of done to death in films. So uh, so I said, let's just make her not even a really sweet, nice girl, because that's the, also the very obvious thing. Let's just make her a normal girl. You know, neither really sweet nor really bitchy. So, um, so I, I would throw things in like that and we'd debate them. Yeah, actually, it's interesting because you mentioned the characters. Obviously, so we've got six characters in the, in the lift and they're all very different personalities. So the the daughter you meant there, she's there with her father who is kind of overbearing and powerful. Give us a little uh, insight into who the other guys are. 
Okay, well, there, uh, there's the girl. Uh, she's by far the youngest. Uh, and her father, who's very overprotective and starts off the film really near a nervous breakdown. But I really like his character. Um, he does, as the film goes on, he gets confident and he kind of takes control by the end of it. So he is the one character, I think, that develops the most and changes and grows. Then there's Mick and Jay, who are uh, the two lads who are best friends and they work together, um, played by Stephen Gorman and Keelan. And uh, they're just taking the piss out of each other. And um, Stephen's character, Mick, is trying to pluck up the courage to ask uh, the third person in the lift, Hannah's character, um, Fiona, out. And he's a bit dorky and he's kind of struggling and... Jay is just there taking the piss out of him. So you have the dynamic with the three of them and she's not amused and she does not like Jay at all. And then, of course, you have our attacker played by Fake, who's a fiery individual. <laughs> I think that's probably fair to say. Yes, but uh, but again, you understand throughout the film more about his motivation and by the end of it, I, th- I think you feel for the guy. Yeah, I, I think probably there's a fairly clear through line through the whole film that about all of these people that you may make initial assumptions about all of them, but actually only by getting to know them can you really judge why or, or you know, yeah. their their particular behavior. I think that goes for all of them, not just uh, Fake's aggressive yeah. character. Yeah, I, I think you'll find, uh, and because it's such a good mix of characters, as you said, you'll relate to one of them or you might like one of them, but it will it might change throughout the film as you learn more about them, so... Absolutely. And then so like this being a uh, very low budget, I think, shall we call that? Or, yeah. or no budget. It's very tricky because like, again, no budget is used and that could be between literally zero and a million dollars, which, you know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the budget was 30,000. Yeah. So. And, and how, how did you go about getting that? Well, uh, we did a Indiegogo campaign, which raised, uh, I think it was 4,000, which was helpful. How did that go? Because they tend to be quite hard. There's a lot of effort to It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. What we did is we just had one perk. So it was $50, which I think 45 euro, uh, and you become a Lyft insider. So you get to visit the set. You get behind the scenes videos. You get an invite to the premiere. We just put everything in the one thing, become a Lyft insider. We kind of pitched it as, you know, come join our team, you know, um, from start to end. And they still get emails from me inviting them to stuff. So I was pleased with the money we raised. We, we Our target was 5,000 and we raised about four. So. Yeah. Which is really good. No, it was people, you know, handing over money out of their pockets, you know. For no return. Yeah. yeah. But do you find, because like, uh, I remember we, we did a small uh, funded thing as well on uh, just for the post-production of Cromwell, just a couple of thousand to raise for the final part. And I was just amazed by just the amount of between trying to plug things on Facebook or sharing it, like it, it's it's quite a, a job to take on yourself unless you can actually hire someone on the social media side. Did you manage all that kind of your end, or did you have someone who could actually help run it for you? No, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty much myself and Keelan. I think uh, you know, I've always wondered about these films that raise a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, half a million on these online campaigns, and that is a full time and a half job, you know. And they would have to have someone dedicated to that. But it's amazing, really. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Like, it's, it's a great opportunity. And then the rest of it is just personal ways? or <sighs> Yeah, that was from my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is amazing because at the time I was I, I was on social welfare. Uh, and I, I, and I, I still think back and I'm like, I don't know how I raised 30,000. 
Still to this day. <laughs> I mean, my granny died and left me some inheritance, which actually, you know, which was terrible, but actually helped enormously. My, my original my original thing was this film will cost 10 grand. So, yeah. you know, it balloons. How uh, soon did you realize that the 10 grand wasn't going to cover it? Pretty soon. Pretty soon. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it's about spending the money in the right places. You know, we shot on the Ari Alexa, which costs... 4,000 plus fat, so almost 5,000 to rent. But the film looks like any other film you'd see in the cinema, so it's worth it. And then food, got to feed people. Uh, and they're almost 2,000, so you can see how quickly... Was that a very conscious decision for you at the beginning, shooting like on something like the Ari to actually give it that look? Because I know you, you shot this film in 10 days, am I right? 10 days uh, and one day of uh, pickups. One day of pickups, okay. And so you know, I guess if you're going to have a nicer setup like the Ari, you're kind of understanding you'll probably have to shoot it in less days. But like for you, is that definitely a trade-off that was worthwhile? Or if you were to do it again, would you consider using a, a smaller camera and having more time? Hmm. <laughs> uh, that's tricky. Uh, I think, and the crew and cast will support me on this because we shot all the lift scenes in two days. Which is... A, a, Far more than 50% of the, of the film. film. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought. 70% of yeah. the film, which is insane. And I will never, ever do that again. Um, it was really hot and sweaty in the confined space. It was a horrible two days. Um, but I think the general consensus was we needed a third day for the lift scenes. So if we had shot the 11 days, I think we would have been fine. The rest, the rest was fine. I mean, it always helps to have more time. But then, you know, you... I think it worked out. Yeah, no, well, absolutely. Well, you've had incredible success with the film, right? Like, it's gotten into a number of festivals and it's been nominated. I think it was, was it the Underground Cinema Film Festival yeah, last year. It, it won a runner-up best feature film in the Underground. That was, I mean, a, a very kind of rewarding thing. You know, you put all this effort into a film and then to actually see it paid off. And I think particularly in your own country as well, to have it acknowledged. Um, it, it, it was great, Mark, because um, that was the first festival we got into. And as any filmmaker will tell you when you're sending off to film festivals as you know uh you'll be sending off to loads you'll get 10 rejections for every acceptance that's a good stat (laughs) did you have actually because that's an interesting question the like as far as an approach to festivals was like did you do research on did you kind of just pick ones that looked similar was it just ones that were available at the time how did you go about it well we hit the we hit the quick uh, we hit the big ones so uh can toronto those ones uh, no chance of getting into them but you know my strategy after that we got a bit more money for festivals so we did a second round and my strategy was started to go for middle not not the really small ones but not the really big ones either so kind of middle of the row ones um and ones that ran for longer than two days yeah of course we see this is the problem like some of them are just so limited the amount yeah. of slots for things and again did you aim at like indie festivals ones that would you know be more appreciative of your budget yeah yeah initially we did and then we started to branch out a bit further than the indie ones and do you think like the because obviously word of mouth started to build with those you started getting some very positive reviews some very nice kind of things being said about the film do you feel that that has been very beneficial to lift and and the lifespan it's actually had so far like how important are festivals to a small film you know keelan always says something great there's no big break there's just a pile of small breaks. So every little thing that happens helps and just builds up. So we got um, an award of excellence from the Los Angeles Indie Fest. And that was the first thing we got. 
and we put that all over social media, suddenly, oh, these guys won an award. You know, pretty mean in this award, but, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it builds the perception. Then we got into Underground. Uh, Dave Byrne loved the film uh, and we won an award there and then got into Cork, Limerick and then we got into the UK and the American festivals. So it does build up and you can email the festival saying, look, we got this great review from Film Ireland. Here it is. Would you like to read it? Uh, I know you're making your decisions soon. Um, So did you approach the festivals directly then? Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to uh, because they get hundreds, you know, if if not thousands. uh, And I hate to say it, but sometimes they don't even watch the film. Well, this is the reality, because I, I think the same as when we're making these films, we may not have the biggest crew out there. And I think there's a lot of these festivals as well don't necessarily have a massive team behind them either. And so it's it can That's just true. be too much for people to watch sometimes. And I guess, yeah, the difference of whether you've won an award or been nominated or even been shown other festivals, it, it you know, it's going to put yours towards the top of the pile. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they all talk to each other. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but no, but it's been great for you because obviously, like, uh, you've gotten a lot of attention for the film. And it's it's interesting to me because I, I just watching the film mm. around today, like, I think a lot of what I've seen in the reviews, including the film Ireland one, is commenting on the cast. Where did you get the guys? Was it an open casting? Did you know these guys? Um, A couple of the cast I'd worked with before. Uh, Stephen Gorman, who plays Mick, who's brilliant. I'd worked with, this was our sixth time working together. Uh, I met him on my grad film. He had been in a few plays that I've done since. So we sort of wrote the role with him in mind. And then Keelan was always going to play Jay. So the two of them, and the two of them had worked together. So we knew they would have the natural chemistry uh, between the two of them, which is hilarious. So those two parts were pretty much, you know, decided upon. And then uh, the grandfather role, which is pivotal, we, we wanted an established actor. So we approached agents and thankfully Jared McSorley came on board. And then the rest we just auditioned for. Megan, who plays the girl, I had cast in another film before. And then Fick, he was a real find. Uh, he's just brilliant. I hadn't done much acting up to then. Really? Uh, and he came in and you know what it's like, these audition days, they're long and they can be... <laughs> tedious uh and we had a bunch of guys come in for that role and it's a very hard role because you know you have to be intense fiery at the start and then you have to get sympathy at the end and it's a very layered role and for someone young in their young 20s you you really need a really good actor um and was it just a case of when he read i don't know whether it was like a scene you gave him or not that you just knew straight off or was it pretty much yeah i love those i love those moments um fear came in and i usually get them to read the scene and then no matter how good or bad they are, I get them to, I give them a bit of direction uh, to see if they can take direction. And Vico was literally, right, can you do it again? <laughs> but it was great. Uh, and then he, and then he, he, le- he did it again. Uh, he left and me and Keelan just turned around and high fived and was like, well, he's right outside the door, but he's brilliant. And then what we did was, because it's important because it's just the six of them for most of the film in the lift. They needed to have the chemistry with each other. Uh, so the six of them had to be... It's an ensemble film. So I got the six of them back for callback, but together. And we did the first scene in the lift, which is about 11 pages. Um, and I told them, because they only had a couple of days, I told them, don't bother trying to learn it. Uh, but have a look over it, you know, so you're okay with it. But don't even try and learn it. 
Sophia came in, had learned the whole 11 pages. It's always very helpful, isn't it? especially when you know yeah. you're going to be under tight times to see that kind of discipline from an actor. It, it, it's The it's commitment. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he said to me afterwards, he really wanted the part. And now we, um, once he read it, he connected immediately with it. But, you know, it was his mix of talent, but also he was so easy to work with. All the actors were actually there. I Nothing but good words to say about them. And his commitment, I mean, 11 pages. And he wasn't stumbling. He wasn't saying line, line, you know. Well, considering you shot so much of the film, actually, in that, um, in those two days, did you have a lot of rehearsal beforehand? Like, or, like, did you know you were going to be able to get it done? Or was it a, you know, how, how were those two days? <laughs> I still have nightmares about them. Um, no, to shoot 70% of the film in two days, never, ever, ever again. Um but I think what helped was we did do a lot of rehearsal um, and I come from a theatre background so I'm used to actors getting up and doing it in one, you know. So we ran, the first day we did all the scenes in wide shots and it was great, we could run them. So you'd have 15 minute takes and that really helped the actors because they could run it like a play. You weren't stopping and starting, you know, changing angles. Um, wasn't so good for the boom up. Um <laughs> <laughs> with just the one boom up yeah, yeah who needed a physio after the two days um i know you did a great job so you, you're saying then you you shot the whole that whole chunk in in wide one day and then actually did the medium shots and close-ups a different day yeah was that hard or like is, is there a risk in that by actually not knowing where you'd gotten to in a scene well the way around that was to sh- just shoot everyone's perspective for the whole thing yeah basically because it it it, it and also eye lines and I, it's uh, i'm never gonna do a film all in one location again <laughs> but uh and it's it's tiring uh but these long takes you know um uh it was it was a logistical problem but you got through it <laughs> we, we got through <laughs> you it, have yes. a film we, we, got, we got through it and it's a, pre- a pretty tight running time about 75 minutes is it 75 minutes yeah absolutely and i because like i think you, we it's probably partly because of budget but you do see for most of the f- films who are made on, on such kind of limited budgets that tends to be kind of the well, let's say 80 to kind of a 90 minute kind of mark but i kind of think that's a nice sweet spot as well for a film to be able to kind of get in and get out and not actually drag it out in a world where most films nowadays can go up to like two and a half hours you know sometimes it's nice to be able to just hear you know you know there's no extra you know meat on the bones well, i think most films are too long these days i i i, I lose count of the amount of times when i walk into a film come out of it saying, oh, okay, that was good, but if it was 20 minutes shorter, it would have been way better. Uh, I, I think there's a thought now that if it's not two hours, it's not long enough. And some of the best films, like you said, are an hour and a half, 80 minutes. Actually, and so even like page count on your script, how, how long was the, the script? And then how long was your first cut of it? It was 96 pages. Okay. And the cut was always about 75 minutes was it okay so I, in fact i i had a stressful f- few days i we really wanted it to hit 80 yeah because <laughs> i think 80 is the is the amount in america it has to be for a feature film which gotcha. well that was the thought it's not true actually it only has to be 50 minutes which who's which gonna very go short <laughs> yeah who's gonna go see a feature for 50 minutes <laughs> get a refund no um but the thought was let's get it up to 80 but uh, I never understand, I, you know, talking to directors, oh, how long is the film going to be? It's going to be 93 minutes. And they haven't even shot it yet. 
how do you know? <laughs> you know. And say though, like if it was a ninety-six page script, is all of it in there? Or did you did you take out chunks or did it just condense? No, it's all in there. It's all yeah. in there. I mean, one joke was taken out, I think. Okay, but no, yeah. So there, no. it wasn't a matter of cutting things out later on. It was actually just the pacing of it. I I I I'm big into pace. Everyone will tell you. Uh, I don't. Uh, and hopefully it has a good pace. A lot of people say it has a great pace and it's over before you realize. And you're like, oh, geez, that was great, but it's over now. Uh, I, I, it's just a pet hate of mine, films that are too long. So my thing in the edit was let's keep this going at a at a good pace. And actually, I was just interesting, like without being too reductive, a genre kind of placing, like what, how would you describe the film on that? Like, is it a thriller? Is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Is it all of the above? Um, I, I, I'm calling it a comedy drama. Okay. There are thr- thriller elements in it. I don't think it's a thriller. I had this debate with my parents, actually. They didn't think it was a comedy, but then they saw it with an audience and the, the audience were la- laughing and really responding to it. And then they accepted, okay, it's a comedy drama. So It's the happy trade-off, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it's not a straightforward drama either. I'd say comedy drama. Keelan wrote this, but he... So he's playing. Does the Mick and Jay? But I, did I see that you had already done? Was it mini episodes? Was it was it for TV? The internet? What did you do? Um, yes. So these characters basically existed before this film. No, no. The web series came afterwards. Okay. We. I, I just wanted to keep working with the same actors and this, and because uh, we had such a good time. So we, a friend of my brother, has this company that does three sixty videos, and he approached me and said, "Shall we do?" a film which hadn't been done in Ireland before that's shot in 360 degrees. So I went to Keelan and I was like, why don't we do a web series based on some of the characters from Lyft to use it to promote Lyft as well. But also, you know, we get to work with the same actors and, you know, and we like the characters. So that's how it became Mick and Jay talk. And it's that the two lads in a pub and they're talking about different topics. Uh, the first episode is out already. Uh, there's another four episodes coming soon. Perfect. And it, it, is this just you fell in love with these characters? Like, do you see yourself wanting to put them in more stuff going forward? Or do you think these just these mini episodes are just a nice little kind of addition to it? Oh, look, you got to keep your options open. Uh, I, I, I mean, the characters in Mick and Jay, we could definitely use again in a TV series or whatever. Uh, but at the moment, it's it was, it was just a chance to try something completely different to shooting it in 360 degrees. was a whole other experience. It was just great to work with the actors again. And was it something you enjoyed, actually? Because I haven't had a chance to work with 360-degree video yet. Like It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. No crew. <laughs> no. Uh, put the actors on radio mics and then, then just, you know, I th- I'm in the back because I'm a person in the bar, which is fine. But And can you monitor that at all? Or, like, is there can there be a live feed from those cameras? Or? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. So you just have to... It, it's kind of four cameras together, GoPros together, and then you stitch it together gotcha. in the edit. Uh, it's really interesting. And the episode we're working on at the moment is a poker game with four of the characters from the film uh, in the pub playing poker. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one because you can... That, the camera is in the middle of the table, so you can spin the camera so you can focus on each character separately. So people will watch it a few times because you might want to follow Mick or Jay or the the Garda. So and then we try and have different things happening in the background that you would only notice if you watch it a few times. There's some there is definitely because I, I was thinking about it. There's some very interesting potential in that. Say if it's a whether there's some kind of a subtext or even a mystery thing going on in the background. Because yeah, you're 
your eyeline is completely your own and you won't know what you did or didn't miss. So actually it could be a totally different experience uh, by watching them. Though that must mean, do you have to work on choreographing that or do you actually sort of just let it roll? Like, is this what... Are you improvising it or are you scripting it? Or oh no, we we scripted it. I I, I mean, uh, the first episode is just the two lads talking about McGregor. Uh, so it's the two of you. You can focus on either the two shot or you can spin it to look at the two lads, and that's up to you. And you just it, it's a whole different way of working. You just have to make sure there's both actors are on it at all times. Uh, then the poker one, poker one, I'm really interested to see what people think because you can spin the camera around the table and watch everyone's reaction to what cards they're getting and it works great. And then there's another episode which is kind of fun which is set right after Lyft. So it's the most, it's the only one that's connected to Lyft. Okay. Uh, and it's the two lads in the pub after the events of Lyft and um, so that'd be a bit of crack for the people who've seen the film. And these are all going up on YouTube, is it? Yeah. And, and our Facebook page. So where can they find them on YouTube? Uh, the channel is Mick and Jay Talk. And uh, and the first episode first is one's up. up there yeah. already. Perfect. I mean, like, so just bringing it back to obviously the film itself. <laughs> yes. Uh, the screenings, it's coming up this month. Who Who's putting it on? Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, Claire, who's one of the organizers of the YouTube channel No Budget, uh, saw the film in the underground screening and loved it. And uh, they picked it as one of their highlights of 2016. So they're organizing this screening. Uh, it's taking place in Film Base on the 21st of June. They're going to screen the film and then they're doing a Q&A with myself and maybe some of the other team and the actors. And they're going to film that and that's going up on YouTube. It's a fantastic channel. You should check it out. No budget. Uh, they do interviews with independent filmmakers and they're all about supporting independent filmmakers and no budget films. And it's an Irish channel, so it, it Irish channel, yeah, absolutely. And so they YouTube just no budget, no budget. I That's think That's the channel, yeah. perfect. Um, and so you know, this is your chance to talk to the people who are of, of Film Ireland. Why should people come along and watch your film? Because it's great. What's <laughs> <laughs> um, No, it, it's a great film. It's done. It's done well in the festivals. It's it screened in uh, Chicago and Maryland, uh, which were our two U.S. premieres in March. Uh, we've had a good year. It's been about a year since we launched it. This is kind of a cap of the year now. And then uh, we'll see what happens after that. So this kind of bringing our festivals to a close. Uh, it'll be a good night. Uh, the Q&A would be entertaining. Uh, the actors would be there. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how much is it at the door? Uh, it's uh, six euro on the door and a fiver if booked a, If you book it in advance. Of time, yeah. Perfect. So what's next for you? Well, I'm working on uh, two more feature films. I'm finishing off a horror script. Are you writing this or is it killing? I, I am writing it uh, along with um, Aaron Gibson. Uh, we're both writing it. It's my story uh, that I came up with. And it's kind of a horror slash thriller. Uh, it's got it's definitely th- a thriller as well. And then myself and Keelan are working on a script. Uh, he's writing it. And it's about 80% done. I won't say too much about it. It's a cracking Irish story. And are these ones you think going the self-funding route again? Are you hoping to approach the board, independent investors? Any idea where you'd like to go with it? Or This is just my theory on it. But I I, I think the way to go uh, with the one we're working on with Keelan, the, the horror film we're hoping to shoot next year, uh, it'd be a low budget again. But the, the other one needs a budget. I mean, it could be done on, say, 300,000, but you'd be cutting corners. It needs a million, million and a half, maybe. Um 
which to people not in the film industry would be like, Jesus, that's a lot. You know, I've had my friends tell me that's, Connor, you're mad. That will never happen. Uh, well, that's a still micro budget. Um, but you could do it for less and we will if we, if we have to. But I, I, I almost think private investors is the way to go. Uh, and we've had people who have seen Lyft who we've stayed in contact with and who have promised to put money into the next film. So whether they do now is another story. Um, we've all had those promises. Um, and you see then like, say a film like Lyft, because I think you're right that as far as even attracting other investors, the success of this film is is definitely going to kind of stand to you. Do you think that's where starting off filmmakers kind of need to go? Like, is that first film, is it almost not a showreel as such, but like, do you think it's a kind call of... A call-in card. Yeah, that, that actually a it's film. a necessary yeah. thing for people to do to actually get out there to show their potential and their ability and kind of put their money where their mouth is. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, that would be my advice to film uh, to film students or other filmmakers. Get out and, you know, with technology these days, you can do it for you know, 10, 15 grand. Yeah. Well, what keeps you motivated then before we wrap up? What, what keeps you doing it? I, I I love it. I I I, lo- uh, I I have to say, uh, sitting down with an audience uh, and hearing them laugh uh, or cry, you get both with Lyft. Especially that screen, and we we had an underground. Um, the reaction was so strong. I, everyone just went away buzzing afterwards, and that that's great. Obviously, we'd all love to be rich, but um, y- you know, I, I I'm an entertainer. I, I I've always done plays as well, and I love sitting with an audience and just entertaining them. I think, I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah. Connor, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I hope the screening on the 21st, 21st right, goes really, really well. And uh, again, anyone curious about the film, you can look up. I think there's probably a trailer online, is there? There is. And uh, the Facebook page, uh, just type in Lift Movie um, into the search. Perfect. Have a look at it. And if it seems like something you're interested in, come along. It's, I think, the basement of film base, is it? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to, get to meet the director face to face and have a great time. Connor, thanks so much. That's great. Thanks a million, Mark.